Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa. Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa and internet world. How you doing on this beautiful Tuesday right here in Tuscaloosa? Big thanks to everybody watching us today. Everybody tuning in on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. You guys are listening to us on Spotify, on Apple Music, and on Amazon. Uh, Apple Podcast, excuse me, and on Amazon. This is the Joe Gaither Show right here on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com. Proud partner of the Bama Central Broadcasting Network with our friends, all things Bama, Katie Wyndham and Austin Hannon, and with our friends, Blake Byler and Matthew Gibson and Jacob Pickle doing Blue Collar Unplugged. So go subscribe to our other two Bama Central Broadcasting Network podcasts as all three of us together make up the Bama Central Broadcasting Network. So we're going to have a fun show today. Appreciate everybody jumping in and joining us on the show today. Uh, we are going to catch up with Cannon Claycomb on Thursday. I know we promised to, to, to bring you a Cannon Claycomb interview today. Just a, a quick uh, change of plans. For Cannon, we will bring you an interview with the Alabama senior golfer on Thursday. So he's going to join us on Thursday. So we're going to have an episode with you and me right here on Tuesday. Uh, still working to get up with Casey Poe, offensive lineman, uh, offensive lineman out of Texas. So hopefully we'll get up with Casey Poe later in the week. Uh, but what are we going to do today? We're going to have a fun show. Hopefully we're going to have a fun show today. We will always invite you to jump in and join us on the comments uh, from Facebook, on Twitter, on on YouTube, you can find us at Joe Gaither Six. Send me your comments, your questions, your queries, and complaints right there to the social media machines. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, I got four topics. Look, I found out the topic that I was leaving out yesterday. I was like, "What in the world?" I know there was one topic. I know there was one topic left over from yesterday that I couldn't get to. Uh, if you listen to yesterday's program, if you didn't, you can hear me uh, bumble on like a fool on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, right there on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you want to watch the show or listen to the show, you can find it right there. Uh, so let's start with the topic that I left on the cutting room floor yesterday, and then we'll get into three other topics. One kind of developed later in the day. Uh, one, one pertaining to Alabama football later in the week, and then one kind of pertaining to our little brothers down in uh, West Georgia at Harvard. Let's start with Jamison Williams. Yesterday's topic that I was like scrambling around, what I knew there was something else to talk about today, blah, 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 blah. It was Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams, if you guys haven't really paid attention to him, Jamison Williams uh, going into his second year with the Detroit Lions. Uh, Detroit Lions, and he is suspended for the first six games. He's suspended for the first six games of the uh, this coming NFL season due to gambling violations. Now, Jamison Williams, we all remember the year that he was here in Tuscaloosa, was an absolute lightning bolt. Was an absolute, just uh, just an incredible home run hitter, uh, wide receiver, kick returner, punt returner for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Drafted early despite his uh, despite his ACL injury. Uh, drafted early by the Detroit Lions and then missed most of the year uh, last year in recovery, as expected, and had a you know came in played like what last four or five games of the year. Uh, didn't really make a, too much of an impact on last year's Detroit Lions team. So a lot of people expecting Jamison Williams were expecting Jamison Williams to take a huge leap forward, a huge leap forward for his year number two, really his true full rookie season. But uh, J Jamison Williams, uh, by all accounts, uh, at Lions camp, is struggling. 
is struggling a bit up at Detroit Lions camp. Uh, got himself into a fight with a rookie earlier in the week and just is, is by all, all accounts struggling to well, catch the football, struggling to be uh, consistent uh, out, out there with Detroit. And I wonder and worry about Jamison Williams, what he's going to be like for the upcoming uh, year. So Jamison, look, he's going into year number two. Obviously, you guys know that I'm a Bears fan, so we don't really pull for the Lions, but I pull for anybody who was wearing the Alabama uniform. And JMO, we want to see him uh, have a good second season. Obviously, the gambling, the gambling incident, the gambling incident is is, is uh, not something that is very uh, you know. I, look, we we've talked about gambling on this show before, and we can keep talking about it. I think the NFL has a very uh, big gray area that a lot of players, a lot of uh, NFL personnel people, find themselves getting caught in. Look, you guys are partnered with DraftKings NFL. You're partnered with FanDuel. You're partnered with uh, really all these sports betting apps and entities out there in Las Vegas, uh, but you don't want your player, you don't want your players involved in it. Understandably. So I definitely understand that. And we want to uh, preserve the integrity of the game. But I think the NFL, as with many sports entities who have partnered with gambling or have uh, seen the uh, sports betting industry provide them a huge financial windfall, uh, you, you've fallen into some gray areas. And so Jamison Williams becomes uh, just one of many Detroit Lions players who were suspended for a gambling issue. Uh, Jamison ended up getting suspended for six games. So I believe his uh, technical pit of a crime was he was he cast a he he cast a, a bet he made a wager in the Detroit Lions facility so Jamison you know he's gone off the field you know off the field issues and now not not really not really uh assimilating on the field for the Detroit Lions and just brings him up as is kind of uh wondering what's going to happen with him Wonder what's going to happen with him going forward. I wonder how he will. You know, the Lions have high expectations this year. The Lions have high expectations, and luckily for Jamison Williams, they've got guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, who are you know he's probably going to be the wide receiver one out there in in a uh, out there in Detroit. And then you think about uh, the the other. The other man, the first round draft pick for Detroit this past, this past season, Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs coming out and saying that he's been a lot more time playing wide receiver, lining up in the slot, lining up in wide receiver positions than he ever did here at the Capstone here at Alabama. So Jameson, look, I think Jameson Williams. You get him on the field, you put him on the field with, next to uh, Jameer Gibbs in week number seven, and you, you have Jared Goff out there. I, then look that Detroit uh, that Detroit offense has all kinds of potential to be very, very good, has all kinds of potential to be incredible. Uh, but Jamison, I, I, you know, as much as I'm not pulling for you or pulling for the Lions to, to have success, I do want all my Bama guys to uh, to end up, you know, playing well, making all pros, may, cashing in lots of checks, and uh, ended up having a long career. So Jamison, we're pulling for you to get your career back on track, to get your life, uh, you know, not your life, but get your career on track on the field. Uh, you, obviously, you're gonna have six more games to rehab, six more weeks to rehab your your uh, your knee and make sure you're up to 100. I think he is up to 100 by now. Uh, just gonna be up to Jamison Williams to dial in and, and get, get get locked into the NFL level. I think uh, I think obviously what you saw out of JMO during his year in, in Tuscaloosa, one of the most electric players in college football, one of the most electric players maybe in the last 10 years in college football. 
Uh, and so, J-Mo, we, we're, I'm hoping for you to uh, get your head on straight. I'm not, not really liking the, uh, the reports that I'm reading out of Lions camp about your performances both on and off the field, fights off the field with, uh, with, with teammates and inconsistencies in performance with your, uh, with, 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 with your uh, production on the field, on the practice field. Uh, so that was the topic that I was leaving off the table yesterday that I kept thinking, what was the one thing I wanted to get to? It was Jamison Williams. So I appreciate everybody bearing with me as we got into that. Uh, welcome in. Hey, Miss Julie. Hello to you as well. Thank you for your comments. You guys can always leave your comments right there on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. I appreciate you, Miss Julie, and everybody else watching us, listening to us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on uh, Amazon. So let's Jamison Williams, and that was kind of my my, my thought. I, I knew I was leaving something out yesterday. I apologize that it was Jamison. Literally, as soon as I hit in broadcast, and that's how it always happens, as soon as I hit in broadcast, I was like, oh, you should have talked about Jamison Williams. That was the topic that you were scrambling for, looking for at the end of the show that you never ended up uh, finding. Okay, so let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling right here on the Joe Gaither Show. Well, on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com. We encourage you to read us at BamaCentral.com. you got all kinds of Alabama news. It is the Sports Illustrated home for your Alabama Crimson Tide. And let's talk about let's talk about what's next for me. I want to talk about the scholarship count. I want to talk about scholarship count. Yeah, you're exactly right, Julian. I'm, I'm a little scatterbrained, my uh, all, all over the place. Uh, let's talk about scholarship count real quick. Alabama. We talked about it yesterday. Alabama is going into fall camp on Thursday. Fall camp on Thursday. Players report on Wednesday. And if you look through RollTide.com, as you do from time to time, you look through RollTide.com and you think about the scholarship limitations, you guys are all smart Alabama fans and college football fans. You guys know the scholarship limitation, 85. 85 scholarships uh, is your maximum. And as I count, no, as I count and others, uh, other reporters have counted in the last couple of days, go through RollTide.com and count the scholarship athletes, and I come up with a number that is a little dangerous. I come up with 88. I come up with 88 when I'm reading the scholarship count, and so I wonder, I won if I am dumb and have miscounted three players as scholarship players who are really walk-ons or are not full scholarship or receiving scholarship from other entities, perhaps, maybe. Uh, you've got two candidates off the top of my head that could be, uh, who, who, who could be, who, I've got two, two, two candidates off the top of my head that could be uh, categorized as alternate scholarship. Look, you think I, I, I counted Connor Talty, one of the incoming freshmen, the freshman kicker out of Chicago. Look, we all know that. Scholarships for kickers are not uh, not often granted, not often given out. I know that our man Will Reichert is on full scholarship. So who is is Connor Talty on a full scholarship? That that becomes a question for, for me. Um, and then uh, I think about Dylan Lonergan. I think about Dylan Lonergan and his baseball uh, ties, his ties to the Alabama baseball program. And I wonder how much of a scholarship he is on. If he's on a football scholarship, he's on a football full scholarship, or if he's on a baseball half scholarship, or something of the of the source. Look, the fact of the matter is, I don't know. You don't know. You look through RollTide.com and you can see the roster for 2023. It was updated uh, early July. Updated early July as they were getting ready for SEC media days, and. I'm not sure when the deadline is, but it's got to be before September 2nd when Alabama kicks off against MTSU. 
Whenever the deadline is, Alabama's got to get under the 85 scholarship limit, 85 or under, 85 or fewer. Uh, and so what that means, what does that mean? That means three guys are either going to have to forego scholarships or are going to have to transfer out or have to do something else. Let's be creative, something else. Uh, whether, whether, whether they go on walk-on status and earn a lot of NIL money, whether a booster uh, foots them as – you know, preferred walk-ons that, that, that they're getting that they're getting NIL money as, as secondary avenues for to to mitigate scholarship losses. No matter what it is, Alabama football over the next couple of weeks is going to see uh, roster changes. Roster changes over at least at least by three. Uh, look, Nick Saban's no cheater. You can you can get uh, obviously the the roster is set at the moment. But you go through, and, and maybe I miscounted. Absolutely, maybe I miscounted. But I'm, but I'm also uh, leaning on, <clears throat> leaning on other reporters who have made the same observations. My man Tony Sakalis at Tide Illustrated wrote about that yesterday. Uh, wrote, wrote about solutions uh, for for for. for uh, yeah, let's see what Tony said. Tony Sakalis. Uh, uh, yeah, let's see what he wrote yesterday, just so I, we can. Uh, Let's see. Uh, yeah, right here. My man's. Uh, oh, that's that's the wrong page. Uh, Tide Illustrated. Oh my gosh! Well, that's a fail. That's an ultimate fail. Uh, yeah, here we go. That's what I wanted. Uh, Tony Sakalis writes yesterday about Alabama's o o o over scholarshiped uh, over scholarshiped situation. Uh, as you look through, let's see what was his conclusion. Uh, it's just practice. God, this is really terrible radio. Uh, this is really terrible uh, production right here. Uh, I guess, did, did he delete it? He might have deleted it. Uh, well, anyways, the case may be, and the case stands, that uh, Alabama looks to be at four, three scholarships over the 85 scholarship limit, and you're going to have to either see guys, three guys transfer out, three guys go to maybe JUCO rank, three guys gray shirt, three guys go on walk-on status, and it goes back to, it takes us back to our conversation yesterday with the quarterbacks. It takes us back to, our conversation with Ty Simpson, Tyler Buckner, and Jalen Milrow. Obviously, you want to know who the starting quarterback is going to be as soon as possible. As soon as possible for the Alabama Crimson Tide. And, you know, Nick Saban talked to all, at SEC Media Days. The cake will take as long as it takes to bake. You cannot pull it out early or it'll be mushy. You cannot leave it in too long or, you know, it's going to get it's going to get dried out. And so will one of those quarterbacks, will it be Milrow, Simpson, or Buckner, will one of those quarterbacks be the candidate to get Alabama under the, under the 85 scholarship limit? Will you see one of those three guys transfer out before the start of the season? If you do, there's one of your positions it's really at the, look look I am not Nick Saban so I don't know uh who's working hard uh, the, the hardest and who's preparing the best but you think about it Alabama's recruited these classes year in and year out and now you're three scholarships over and Nick Saban's got to basically tell three of his children I have a huge hard hard time with this three of his children hey you're not good enough or you've got to transfer out or you've got to go on walk-on status
you've got to go on walk-on status. Uh, and, and so, excuse me for that cough. Uh, you got to go on walk-on status. I, I would have a huge hard time with that. I would have a huge problem with, uh, you know, I've gotten to know these kids, and now I'm having it. Now, that's why Nick Saban's getting paid the big bucks, and I'm sitting over here just watching. Absolutely. But it's, it's, it's it'd be a huge challenge for me to look at the scholarships. Hey, we're three weeks away from the start of the season, and to decide or determine three guys that have to leave. Um, or, you know, hopefully, ideally, you can put them on some sort of a NIL-based scholarship or gray shirt them for academic purposes or, or, or you know, you never know. Uh, you, you never know if somebody's going to come into the season and, and be uh, medically uh, medically red-shirted. You never know. But you look at the scholarships right now, you look at what's going on on RollTide.com right now, and you do see Alabama football is three scholarships, three positions over the current limit. And that makes me, you know, as a fan of Alabama or as a, as a follower of Alabama, somebody who kind of gets to know these kids and gets to know these players. Makes me a little upset on their behalf. Now Nick Saban's going to manage and mitigate and work through that as best that he can, and he's going he's going to handle that uh, very well, obviously. But it's going to be very interesting to me to see over the next couple of weeks, the next three or the next three weeks, who Nick Saban or who the Alabama football program chews up and spits out. Is that a mean way to say it? Yes, but that's really what's kind of going on right there. Uh, look, you transfer out of Alabama, you're going to be highly coveted. You can see that. Over the last three, four years, every almost everybody who's transferred out of Alabama has been picked up pretty quickly uh, by other schools. So, like they, whoever the three guys are, will likely land on their feet. But just kind of, just kind of cruddy part about football, kind of a cruddy part about today's college football environment and today's you know NIL, the highly competitive, oversighting the recruiting aspect, just kind of not so fun aspect of college football as we head into fall camp. I want to be excited about this team. I want to fall in love with this team. I want to know everything about them. And, you know, as you learn everything about them, you're going to know that not everybody's going to make it. Not everybody is going to make it. And so Nick Saban uh, probably faced with a hard decision in the next couple of weeks uh, trying to get under the 85 scholarship limit. So we'll see what how Nick Saban does that. We'll see how he mitigates that and how he goes through that. Remember, camp is opening on Thursday. Nick's kids luncheon tomorrow. Nick's kids luncheon tomorrow. We'll talk to Coach Saban. He'll give us you know eight minutes of his time, getting excited for the new the new season, and then we will be all into season mode. You can follow BamaCentral.com. Follow Austin Hannon, Katie Wyndham, Blake Filer, obviously Chris Walsh. Everybody will be covering Alabama football like white on rice right there all season long on BamaCentral.com. Right, let's keep this bad boy rolling. Let's keep this Tuesday going. I appreciate everybody watching us on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. You can jump in on the comments section. Leave me a comment, question, query, or complaint. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. Tell or, and on uh, Amazon. Excuse me. Tell a friend about the program, about the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central. Anybody who loves Alabama or loves college for sports in general might like the program. I appreciate anybody and everybody spreading the love. Let's go into next topic. The topic over the weekend that I could have got into yesterday. Uh, let's talk about Tulia, Tulia Tungavailoa, Tulia Tungavailoa. Over the weekend, it gets reported. Or he tells a reporter for the Athletic that he was offered one and a half million dollars to transfer to an SEC program this this coming season. 
obviously to Talia Tungvaloa is in uh is still in Maryland. He never did transfer. He didn't transfer back to an SEC program. So we don't always we're not gonna we're not gonna know for sure who was behind the uh obviously tampering because Tulia was not in the transfer portal, but clearly tampering uh from, from an SEC school, an unnamed SEC school. And if you look about the scuttlebutt, the smoke that's kind of gone around the SEC, uh let's talk about the, the teams that brought in transfer quarterbacks. Ole Miss brought in a transfer quarterback. Florida brought in a transfer quarterback. Uh, you had who else brought in transfer quarterbacks? Uh, Kentucky brought in a transfer quarterback. Auburn brought in a transfer quarterback. Uh, you, you have several schools that brought in transfer quarterbacks. Anything about who's got the money to put up a one and a half million dollars? Who was desperate enough to have a quarterback coming in and transfer in to maybe improve the state of their program? I think it's very obvious who it was. I think it's very, very, very obvious that one Hugh Freeze was and and the Auburn Tigers, Mister Yellowwood, was likely behind. Now I say likely as we don't have the proof, and I don't really want to, you know, definitively say it, but likely behind the offer to to Tulia Tungavailoa to transfer uh, for, for one and a half million dollars. One and a half million. First off, is Tulia worth one and a half million dollars? I guess you're only worth what somebody is willing to pay you. And if you are getting offered one and a half million dollars, then you are worth that. So Tulia, congratulations. You are worth a pretty penny. I hope that you're making good money over at Maryland. I hope the Terrapins are taking care of you. Now, no, no, look, I don't expect I'll be surprised if the Maryland Terrapins are putting up one and a half million dollars for your season this year. But hopefully, ideally, you are still getting compensated at a very fine rate. Because if you're turning down $1.5 million, I'm hopeful that you are making significant money elsewhere uh, and or feeling very, very appreciative, uh, appreciated in other manners, whether that be amenities, whether that, or whatever the case may be. It doesn't always have to be monetary, but I hope Talia is feeling very appreciative, appreciated uh, over there at Maryland. Look, you go through and, and, and Lane Kiffin clowns on uh, social media about the article, it scratches Ole Miss off the table. Uh, I, I think I think Florida is probably your only other uh, Florida. You're probably your only other candidate. Florida and Auburn. I think Florida is very desperate to start winning very very soon, and I think they see they saw losing Anthony Richardson. Uh, as a huge problem. Now, they're probably going to be better off this year. I think it's Graham Mertz that they, that they went out and got uh, at Florida. Um, and, and so, look, Florida and Auburn are my two picks for who offered Tulia Tungvaloa big money. Uh, and Auburn, goodness gracious, just showing how desperate you are to compete with Alabama. Do you think Tulia Tungvaloa would have been the, uh, the, the ticket uh, to compete down on the Plains? What's up, Mr. C.J. Watson? Thanks so much for watching today. C.J. Watson, we're talking to Leah Tungvaloa. You think that it was Auburn that offered him the $1.5 million. I'm down to between Auburn and Florida as my uh, as my two picks. And really, uh, the desperation of Hugh Freeze leads me to believe that it was Auburn's, uh, you know, it was Yellowwood backing the money, Tim Cook backing the money, trying to get to Leah transferring from Maryland to the Auburn Tigers. Now, look, they missed out on a, they missed out on Tulia. And so they, instead they transfer there, they pivot. They pivot to Peyton Thorne, Auburn quarterback. Uh, excuse me, Peyton Thorne, Miss, Michigan State quarterback. Now Auburn quarterback. 
so so look, you you bring in uh, Peyton Thorne. I wonder what did you pay Peyton Thorne to come in? And I don't have an issue. Again, going back to everything that I've probably already said, I don't have an issue with with with, with playing players. I don't have an issue with NIL being used in it as incentives. The problem I, I fall under the Trent Dilfer the Trent Dilfer umbrella. Trent Dilfer says, "Hey, if you jump in the transfer portal, go get your money. If you jump in the transfer portal, go make the best deals for yourself. Go maximize your value." But Trent Dilfer up there at UAB was very vocal during uh, the most recent media days uh, and saying, look, if you're not in the transfer portal, don't talk to my players. Don't talk to my players trying to convince them to jump in the transfer portal to earn money. Look, if I am at Alabama and I'm satisfied, even if I'm a third-string offensive tackle, if I'm a third-string cornerback, if I'm a fourth-string linebacker, look, if I'm satisfied at Alabama working hard, getting my degree, you know, being a part of the Crimson Tide, don't come to me and say, hey, Joe, I'll give you 700 grand, I'll give you 30 grand, I'll give you whatever the case may be money-wise to transfer to Arkansas Tech State University, some made-up school. Like, don't tamper with people who are uh, happily on the roster. Now, look, if I'm upset, if I'm the fourth-string offensive tackle, offensive lineman, you know, fourth-string linebacker, and I don't feel like I'm getting a fair shake, or I feel like I could, be, may, you know, get find some playing time elsewhere, or I, you know, whatever the case may be, I'm, I'm unhappy. And I decide to go into the transfer portal on my own with my parents. You know, I'm probably talking to my parents, talking to my high school coaches. Hey, I want to transfer. If I decide that on my own volition, then, of course, come in, come, come, give me uh, incentives. Come offer me $100 million. Come offer me $1.5 million. Sure, great. I'm wide open for business. Once I jump into the transfer portal, I am in business. But if I'm not in the transfer portal, if I'm at Maryland, like Tulia Tungvaloa, if I'm getting ready to lead the Terrapins, uh, you know, trying to support Mike Loxley, trying to give Maryland football, you know, a successful season. Let's see, uh, under under uh, under Tulia, Maryland football record. I mean, how did they do last year? They were okay last year, weren't they? But they weren't amazing. Let's see, they were uh, handy dandy internet. Yeah, they were eight and five last year. Eight and five, and they won the Duke's Mayo Bowl. So they're okay. They're they're good. They're seven and six the year before. They're clearly building something under Mike Loxley. Clearly, look, Lox goes three and nine. To, uh, then he goes two and three. COVID year. Then he goes seven and six, eight and five. Lox is clearly building something in Maryland. And of course, Tulia is valuable, and you'd want him to play for my for your own program if you if you had quarterback problems. But Tulia never jumped in the portal, and that's the problem. That's the issue. Don't call me if I'm not in the portal. Don't. I mean, if you want to call me, call me and say, "Hey, man, I like your game. You're doing real good. Have a good day." You know, whatever the case may be. But I got a real problem with offering. Hey, man, if you jump in the portal, I'll give you a million and a half dollars to come play quarterback down on the plains. I have a real problem with that. Look, I have no issue with the kids jumping in the portal and saying, hey, Auburn's offering me uh, 900000 Will you offer me a million? Uh, oh, can't, you know, Texas offering me a million. USC, will you offer me a million three? I got no problem with that. That is exactly what Jordan Addison, the receiver from Pittsburgh who transferred to USC last season, that's exactly what he did. Jordan Addison wins the Blitnikoff Award. 
as the best receiver in the country, wins the the Blitnikoff Award as the best receiver in the country, and says, you know what, I'm here at Pitt. I could probably make a lot more money somewhere else. Uh, so I'm jumping in the transfer portal. You all remember that. Jordan Addison last year, shopping between Alabama, USC, and Texas was his three schools that I firmly believe he was leveraging boosters and NIL guys and trying to get the best money package that he could. I have no problem with that. He jumps in the transfer portal. He puts himself into business. The problem is, oh, it makes me it makes me sick. It makes me upset. It makes me drives me up the wall. Look, I yeah, yeah. yeah here we go. Uh, C.J. Watson was the Florida coach at Bama while Talia Tagovailoa was at Bama. He may have offered, knowing what he'd get. No, uh, but Billy Napier was at Louisiana. Uh, Billy Napier was at Louisiana uh, Lafayette or uh, University of Louisiana. Uh, they don't want to be called uh, that anymore, wasn't he? Yeah, he was only at Alabama from 13 to 16. So, yes, uh, CJ, well, he recruit, He was part of the staff that recruited Tulia. Yes, so that's a good point, uh, CJ. He was part of the staff that recruited Tulia, but he was already moved on to Louisiana or Agent Cajuns by the time Tulia was on campus. So you're right. Yeah, that's why I think it's probably Florida and or and or Auburn who made this offer. Both universities going out to uh, going out to Big Ten schools. Yeah, no, no. Uh, Graham Mertz, NC State oh, is uh, ACC. Uh, going out and getting transfer quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, they would have crossed in recruiting. Absolutely, CJ. They would have crossed in recruiting, and obviously you have a uh, in recruiting you uh, make. Uh, you make relationships with with, with families uh, with with the Tungvaloas uh, for sure, but I, I I think you you put those two together. I have a huge problem with trying to recruit kids off rosters. Like I get it, college coaches, you got to make your money. Wins and losses, it comes down to boil. You know, wins and losses are basically all it comes down to. Uh, but it, but but that's nefarious. That's not good. That's that's skeezy to be recruiting players off other teams' rosters. Now look, if if I want to go in the transfer portal, great, leverage me, use all my money, uh, or or everybody offer me money to come to your school. That's awesome. Uh, all about that. But if I'm happily at Alabama, at Maryland, at anywhere, at random school X, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Let me work on my own NIL money here at the Capstone or there at uh, there at College Park, College Station, College Park, Maryland. Uh, I, I think 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 that uh, that's a huge huge issue. So to go into uh, circling back to Trent Dilfer, real quickly, Trent Dilfer says, okay, I have IP addresses and emails and I'm going to let it out. I'm going to let players know or I'm going to let it out that, uh, you know, who's tampering with my team. Do it. Do it. Do it, please. And, and look, it, oh, I say that full, knowing full well, there's a chance. There's a better than 10%, better than 20% chance that Jalen Key was tampered with here at Capstone. Now, do I know that? No, no, I don't. No, I don't. Uh, but let's just be smart. Let's just put two and two together. Jalen Key uh, jumps in the portal and transfers to Alabama right away. Uh, and maybe he would have transferred anyways. Maybe not. There's his chance that Jalen Key is, is, is was tampered with and, and that uh, Nick Saban might be on Trent Dilfer's list. Trent Dilfer needs to put his money where his mouth is. He says, oh, I, you know, I, I don't have to play the good old boy game because I come from a different background. Obviously, p- former player. 
has a lot of money already as a player, a high school coach. He, he, he's operating on under different expectations here at UAB. Name names, Trent Dilfer. If, if coaches are tampering with your roster, name names. Because these coaches over the last couple of months have all insinuated. Pat Narduzzi at Pittsburgh, remember, uh, during the Jordan Addison case, well, we just talked about it. We talked about, oh, you're recruiting my roster. You're tampering. Name names. I'm sorry, even if it implicates Nick Saban, even if it implicates people that I like, it doesn't matter. Name names. Say, oh, Coach Johnny X, Coach Billy Y, Coach Steven Z. Doesn't matter. I'm not going to speculate, but name names. If you wanted to stop, you say you have IP addresses. And, you know, obviously, Lane Kiffin, you, you look at Lane Kiffin, his reaction to the Tulia Tungvaloa uh, story, the one on half million dollars, he basically quote tweets it with like, he quote tweets it like a, with a snarky emoji, essentially throwing shade at someone in the SEC, whether it be Auburn or Florida. I think it is Auburn, and I think he knew exactly what was happening. I think most of these coaches know exactly that, oh, you know, Hugh Freeze called Tulia, offered him a million five. Wonder if he's going to take it or not. So how much money did Peyton Thorne get to transfer out of Michigan State? Did he get 500K? Did he get a million? Uh, the Auburn boosters, the Auburn players, so, so, so desperate to get in the game. And I think you see the danger with Hugh Freeze and the Auburn boosters, the Auburn uh, powers that be. Look, the Auburn powers that be were not behind Brian Harson. Not one bit. Not one bit. And a lot of it was because Brian Harson would not play the game, would not, you know, do the booster thing, didn't, wouldn't do the good old boy coach thing, go into, you know, the Tiger Club and go into shake hands and kiss, you know, kissing babies. He wanted to just coach football. He didn't even want to recruit, which that was a huge problem. But he didn't get along with the powers that be. And so, therefore, the Auburn recruiting was pretty abysmal over the, what, two years under Brian Harson And uh, Hugh Freeze trying to rectify that, trying to revive that. I think you're seeing a bit of the power of the family when they're all behind each other, when they're all aligned. Uh, do, 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 do I worry that, that, that Hugh Freeze got DeMarcus Riddick and got Perry Thompson over the weekend? No, not really. I just think it's a sign of, okay, that is the capabilities that Auburn has. That is really what they can do when they're all aligned, moving in the same direction. And so while they didn't get to a Tulia, excuse me, Tulia Tungvaloa uh, for a million and a half dollars, I think it shows exactly how much investment is behind Hugh Freeze and behind the Auburn Tigers program right now. And as Alabama fans, as Alabama supporters, you got to be worried about that. You got to be wondering about that. You got to be uh, really, really dialed into that because I think that over the course of the next three or four years, Hugh Freeze is probably going to be building a monster down there on the plains. And you're going to see really a hand. Like, the SEC is only just going to be better with Freeze. And I know that that, that stinks. Uh, he is a skeezy guy, in my opinion. Every time, uh, every time I hear him talk, I hear Southern Baptist uh, mega church preacher. And look, if you're going to a mega church, that's fine. You you get to know the Lord as best you can in your own way. Uh, but I think that uh, he just gives me the creeps. He gives me the absolute heebie-jeebies. Uh, and so Hugh Freeze, I think Alabama fans, I think real Georgia fans, you know, all the Georgia fans who are feeling real comfortable about uh, owning the SEC. I think you're about to have another player in town. Alabama's coming for that crown still. 
Uh, but I think Auburn is going to be relevant sooner rather than later with the uh, Auburn boosters backing Mr. Hugh Freeze. All right, let's keep this thing rolling. Uh, let's keep this thing rolling with one more topic, at least for the day. I want to show you a short video. I want to show, show you a short video. And if you're listening on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or on Amazon, then you can listen to the audio. The audio is really the most important part. But this is Perry Thompson yesterday. Look, we talked a lot about Perry Thompson's flip. We talked a lot about you know what went into it and, and how – uh, how Alabama was going to pivot, this, that, or the other. Well, Perry Thompson, Foley High Schooler, was up at the Mobile Media Days, really, for their high school football. You had uh, the who's who of Mobile uh, uh, of the South Alabama area, kind of doing a uh, kind of doing a football media days uh, event. Baldwin County Media Day, excuse me, Baldwin County Media Day at Bryant Bank. Uh, but so, so he was at, at the Baldwin County Media Days and. Asked about one, how long you knew that you were going to flip to Auburn, and two, why? What went into your flip to Auburn? So listen, this is Perry Thompson, and this is what he said to say about flipping his commitment to Auburn. Hmm, I say probably like a month ago. Um, I looked at Nick Saban and Hugh Freeze. Nick Saban, good coach, you know, all this, um, all the stuff he had to college football and all that. But I know he specialized in DBs, and my main position receiver and I know Hugh Freeze got a background of developing receivers to the higher level and um just that how you um, get receivers to that highest point of stuff. You've been uh, for a while now people been asking you where's it going where are you gonna go? Do you feel hundred percent now? I mean do you feel at ease, ready ready yeah, to go on? Just, uh, I feel at home. Like I even on campus the other night I went around campus with a scooter to ride around to get at home feeling I have that legacy question that I asked coaches about your family. Okay, there's there, there's Perry Thompson at Baldwin County Media Day. And that video is courtesy at Ben Thomas Preps on the social media machine. We appreciate Ben Thomas. Ben Thomas is a high school sports reporter for the Alabama Media Group. You read him a lot on AL.com. That was at Ben Thomas for his video, and I appreciate his, uh, him getting that video. And, and you probably saw it yesterday if you live on social media like I do. You probably saw it yesterday. And... Look, Perry, 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 Perry. First, you can go to any school you want to. You can go to any school that you want to. I don't care. Uh, you go to whatever school makes you feel happy. Maybe, maybe go to whatever school makes you excited to be there. And the second part of your answer, I felt home. Go to whatever school makes you feel at home. But don't use erroneous information. Don't use... uh blatantly false lies to explain your 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 decision look he, he says okay nick saban is a uh his specialty is defensive backs fair true and hugh freeze his specialty is offensive players fair again true and then he said but then he says he, he hugh freeze has a better track record of producing wide receivers than nick saban and okay, I know that Nick Saban is not directly coaching these receivers in every fundamental of the game, in every part of uh, of the game. But it's still the Nick Saban led team, and it's still Nick Saban uh, overseeing the wide receivers coaches that he's had over the course of time. One of those wide receivers coaches that we uh, we just talked about, Billy Napier. Like he's had many wide receivers coaches over the course of his tenure. He had uh, Al Grove. 
You had Billy Napier. We're rocking with Holman Wiggins right now. Like we have had a lot of, we had a handful of wide receiver coaches. No problem with that. You had Josh Gaddis as well. No problem with that. That's what the nature of the beast. So yes, not, not Nick Saban's not directly, not directly developing Devontae Smith, J- Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddle, Henry Ruggs, Amari Cooper, <laughs> Julio Jones. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, you like, okay, I get it if you want to point at uh, some of the more mediocre Alabama wide receivers. But the fact of the matter is, over 15, 16, 17 years, look, I guess you're not going to give credit for, you're not going to give DJ Hall to, to Nick Saban because, you know, Nick only had him for the one year. I think his final year. Uh, but really, other than after after DJ Hall, after DJ Hall, you have an elite group of wide receivers. Not just good, not just good, but if I took, you know, you take the best of the best, the five best receivers from DJ Hall on, and you've got, all right, Julio Jones, first ballot NFL Hall of Famer. Amari Cooper, he's on track. He's having a great NFL career. Will he be a Hall of Famer? I don't quite think so. Devontae Smith, Heisman Trophy winner. Jerry Judy, first-round draft pick. Henry Rhodes, first-round draft pick. Jalen Waddle, first-round draft I mean, the, 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 the history speaks for itself. Excuse me. Excuse me. The history speaks for itself. Uh, and, and so for, for Alabama, uh, for, for, for Perry Thompson, look, again, you can go wherever you want. You can go wherever makes you happy. Who and, and I don't even care if money was involved. I don't care if NIL is involved. I don't care what's involved. But don't be a fool. Uh, and, and really, yesterday, you, you opened your mouth and you, and you showed yourself a fool. Uh, now, Hugh Freeze, you've got a couple wide receivers that you put into the league. A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, you put in a couple wide receivers into the league. You have. Great. Good job. But not nearly to say, oh, he has a better track record, a better track record of putting receivers into the league and developing wide receivers. I don't know that that's true. I think that's inherently false. I think that's inherently uh, false. Uh, CJ Watson rumor has it he liked the idea of Talia throwing to him. Kidding, there I've touched uh, both uh, Auburn and uh, yes, offering Talia. Look, Perry, just don't lie, man. Uh, or, or or if someone is telling you this, if Hugh Freeze is telling you I have a better track record of developing wide receivers than Nick Saban. Then somebody's mama, somebody's daddy has got to pull him aside and say, you know what, son? Uh, Hugh Freeze is just spending you a bunch of B, a bunch of hooey uh, to get you on his side. And look, I don't care what they say in recruiting, but let's let's operate in truth. Let's operate in truth. And I think that uh, Perry Thompson uh, showed himself a little bit of a fool yesterday by uh, with that statement. Go with the second part. Do the Demarcus Riddick line, like he said last week. Demarcus Riddick, after his uh, recruitment, said, "I felt like home." Perfect. No, no one can dispute how you feel. No one can dispute where, what con- what campus makes you feel good, what environment makes you feel right. No one can dispute that. That's your own decision. But we can dispute who's developed wide receivers at a higher rate. Let's not let's not let's not get into lies. Let's not get into uh, falsehoods here. Uh, <laughs> let's not do that, yeah, Perry Thompson. Enjoy your time at Auburn. Go make your money. So let's see if you can get into the league. Uh, but 
let's at least operate in truth. All right, I got one more topic for you guys today, and it's football-related, sort of, but it's a little bit uh, just Bryce Young-related because I love him. Bryce Young uh, was at uh, Carolina Panthers uh, camp and came up to the podium yeah, today, and this video clip came out. I should have downloaded it, but it ran uh, ran, ran late on my pro, on my promo. Bryce Young admits to the Carolina Panthers media contingent that in his first bit of college, his first time here in Tuscaloosa during the COVID year, you look if you ordered DoorDash during COVID nineteen. There's a better than 1% chance that Bryce Young was your delivery driver. How crazy is that? How crazy is that? Look, you guys, if you're not familiar with DoorDash or or Uber Eats, they're both the same sort of concept. You order food on an app, somebody goes and picks it up and delivers it right to your door. Easy peasy. Uh, Bryce Young admitting to the Carolina Panthers uh, media contingent uh, after practice today that when he first got to campus after learning the playbook, he said, uh, you know, it was before NIL, and I did DoorDash. And he said he only took orders that were uh, that were drop-off at the door, and he always wore a mask and a hoodie, so nobody really recognized him. And so how crazy is that, that if you'd order DoorDash in that 2020 year, you know, better than 1% chance that Bryce Young dropped off your food. So we've all, you know – Everyone who's participated in DoorDash and Grubhub and, and Uber Eats, we can all say, oh, maybe I did receive an order from a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, I was on the receiving end of a Bryce Young delivery. I think that that's kind of a funny uh, funny concept and a, and a nice, cute way to end the show for today. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up right here. I'm going to go, uh, you know, continue to have hopefully a good week. Hopefully you guys are having a good week. I appreciate everybody watching us on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon, and and on Spotify, of course, listen to us. Uh, be, be following us on Bama Central. You can look. I'm catching up with Cannon Claycomb on Thursday. That'll be the Thursday program, uh, unless he pivots again, in which case we will adjust. It's no problem. Cannon Claycomb, the number 14 ranked golfer going into the season this year, senior most leader of the Alabama Crimson Tide team this year. We'll ask him about Nick Dunlap. We'll ask him about. Uh, the two Alabama wins this past week. We'll ask you about his season going forward uh, and, and just all kinds of golf talk on Thursday with Cannon Claycomb. I'm still ca- trying to catch up with Mr. Casey Poe. I sent a million messages out to different guests yesterday. Uh, a whole lot of responses, so we'll just circle on back, and that's okay. We'll continue to have as fun a week as possible. Remember, tomorrow, Nick's Kids Luncheon. Nick's Kids Luncheon, you'll be able to see it on the Twitter machines from Bama Central, on Joe Gaither 6 at Austin Hannon SI. All the Twitter machines for Bama Central will be rocking and rolling tomorrow at the Knicks Kids Luncheon, and then we will open up practice on Thursday. Oh, my gosh, practice on Thursday. I'm sure the guys will get pads on Friday and or Saturday. Got to get a couple days of acclimation in there before they throw on full pads and go full, uh, full bore. Really excited to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. We talked about Jamison Williams today. We talked about Tulia Tungvaloa. We talked about Perry Thompson. And we talked about the Alabama scholarship count. Alabama currently sits three scholarships over 
on the 85 scholarship limit. How would Nick Saban mitigate and manage his roster over the next three weeks? Yeah, we talk about practice, CJ. We'll be there before you know it. And so we'll do it all over again tomorrow right here on the Joe Gaither Show. Follow me at Joe Gaither 6. Send me your comments, your questions, queries, and complaints. Tell a friend about the program. Follow my boss at Writing Walsh on the Twitter machine. Subscribe to BamaCentral.com for our newsletter so you don't miss anything at all. All things Alabama-related with Sports Illustrated home for the Crimson Tide right there on BamaCentral.com. So for you, the listener, go have a day. Go have a Tuesday. And for me, I am Joe Gaither. This was another edition of the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com.